And welcome to our Jackson home. This week, I'm joined by Brent Lambert. He's the founder and CEO of Birth Choice. Brent, thank you for joining us. Oh, thank you for the invitation. So, Brent, let's start off with, you know, where are you from? Well, I, I grew up in Pickwick, Tennessee, so I'm, I'm affectionately referred to sometimes as a river rat because <laughs> right on the Tennessee River at Pickwick Dam. So that's where I grew up. And um, how long, where did you go from Pickwick? How did you get to Jackson? Well, um, when I left Pickwick, I went to, uh, I attended UTM, and, and my reasons for attending UTM are reasons that a lot of guys go. They were chasing a girl, you know, from <laughs> high school. So I uh, attended UTM for several years. And then from there, um, you know, just, just got tired of having to work so much and pay my way through college, uh, as it were. And so I, I stopped going to college and started in the retail business with Walmart and some, some grocery change. And come and I actually came to Jackson uh, over 30 years ago with a, um, a supermarket company that's no longer in business here called E.W. James. And so I worked with them here for several years and uh, then went out and, and was self-employed for a while after that. So the so what were you, were you managing those stores? Yes. Or? Yeah. Now, that's a pretty rough racket, isn't it? It is. It is um, cutthroat. It is, you know, the margin of profit is not very high. So mm-hmm. you just really have to stay on budget and all those kind of things. Long hours, you know, we mm-hmm. minimum 60 hours a week. So, and that was part of the reason I got out. At some point in time, I knew I wanted a family. And if I was going to work that many hours yeah. for somebody, I, I could do it for me. Yeah. And so, so what did you do to be self-employed? Well, we, uh, after I left uh, the supermarket, we, uh, we started a janitorial services business, lawn and landscape business, uh, and, um, which turned out to be you know, very successful at that time. And, yeah. uh, and, and we really enjoyed doing that for, for a good while. So did you just see, you're like, what can I do? Just, what can I just start doing very quickly? Because they'll seem like really low barrier to entry businesses yeah. to get into. They, they, they are, and, and we started off in uh, janitorial services, mm-hmm. and uh, and then different things that we bid on. They asked, well, can you bid on the yard? You know, can yeah. you do lawn? Well, we don't do lawn, but okay, we can buy a lawn mower, <laughs> and, and you let this guy do that, and 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 so finally that uh, that that grew fairly quickly to uh, almost a half a million dollar a year business. Wow, that's awesome. It was. And and what point does your family come into this? Family came in when I worked at uh, E.W. James. I, I was introduced to my wife uh, by my produce manager, who was her uncle. <laughs> and uh, so it's an unusual story about that. We, uh, we met once in the store and then I was invited to a Thanksgiving uh, event at her, uh, with her family, uh, extended family. And so that was on Thanksgiving Day. And from Thanksgiving to March the 4th, we saw each other every day. Wow. And March the 4th, we got married. That's awesome. So that's, that's pretty I just, cool. I just, I, I felt like, you know, the the Lord was just you know the Lord Almighty saying you know you look you need to pay attention here this one's special so yeah. and she was and still is today that's great yeah. so and then she went on the entrepreneurial journey with you she did she kept our books and uh, and and did all that and then the the only reason that we ever left that mm-hmm. uh, was uh, uh, was a uh, what I would call a very unusual call to ministry. 
that neither one of us ever thought would happen. We never desired that to happen. So, so well, talk to us about um, your faith. Then, is that something that was in your home growing up, or you know, it it was somewhat. Uh, you know, my my uh, parents went to church, and and so that was that was about the extent of it. It was. Um, when I met my wife, she had just recently become a Christian. So uh, that was really when I, I really got serious about my faith at that time. I uh, became a Christian at 16 years old at a, at a youth conference mm-hmm. and, uh, and remember vividly the day that that happened. So when we, when we married, we, we, we both loved the Lord. We knew that we desired to know how to serve Him more mm-hmm. and to be more interested in what He had for our lives. So then we really focused on that together. And so what was that? What the, He had for you guys? What He had for what, us was the ministry of birth choice. in mm-hmm. uh, uh, certainly not the size and scope that it is today. You know, I, I tell people regularly that if I knew on the front end that it would wind up being this, mm-hmm. I would have been so scared I would have never done it. Yeah. But he's he's blessed in the fact that he's allowed the ministry to grow slowly over the years, and uh, many of the folks that are there have uh, have been there twenty and and uh, twenty five years and yeah. even longer, and it's helped them too because it's it's you know had uh, it's grown slowly for those folks, and we've learned a, a whole lot through the process. Now, you talk about God calling to this. Were there any pre-existing passions towards this area? No, none whatsoever. It was totally, if there's a place that exists that's farther than left field, that's where it came from. So. <laughs> well, and so walk us, so so talk about that. What is birth choice? And then talk about getting started with okay. birth choice. Birth choice is a, uh, is a Christian ministry that uh, works with women, who are experiencing unplanned pregnancies. Uh, We also work not only with the women involved in that, but uh, the male counterpart as well, their families, because there's most of the time over the years, we we found that when someone finds themselves pregnant and and does not really want to be pregnant for whatever reason, and and there are millions of reasons Mm -hmm. that, that turn up, it's if they, the truth about all that, if they have any little bit of support, many times they will choose not to, especially if they you know, have those support with that, that male counterpart or somebody in the family. Uh, a lot of the times uh, the uh, counsel that's given some, a, a young woman, a woman experiencing that from other folks the counsel is, well, whatever you decide to do, I'll support you. Well, more times than not, that's just a way not to stick their neck out into a situation and really not have to justify how they feel about a, a tough issue. And so more times than not, that's just an issue of, well, I really don't want to get involved, uh, but but I, you're not going to be good whatever you choose to do. And... And folks really want more than that. They want somebody to sit down beside them, come along beside them, and say, you know, we understand. I understand what you're going through. And, uh, you know, let's sit down and talk about it. Let's see how we can help. Mm-hmm. And, and so uh, we help in 
uh, in those ways as far as counseling and support. We also uh, offer uh, for somebody who comes to us who wants to give life to their child but is interested in placing that child for adoption, then we put them in contact with uh, two or three really good uh, reputable adoption agencies that we worked with over the years and to and they will help them to place for adoption and we also have parenting classes uh, and um, and we have several of our clients who come back and go through our parenting classes as a matter of fact when I left the office while I go to come here there was another class going on in our in our training room and we have several folks involved with that and we have uh, a sexual abstinence program that we take into the public schools uh, churches and youth groups and all that and and we have a, a gentleman that stays busy uh, with that mm-hmm. very busy with that well let's go back and talk about the early days then. okay so you you are running a business a mm-hmm. successful sounding business yeah. at least um, what uh, what happened uh, and how did you get started it was my wife and I were, you know, married for uh, a short time, and we then started desiring to have children. Found out that that probably wasn't going to happen, and the doctors said that, you know, we really need to look into the issue of adoption. And I had my only brother that I ever had was adopted, so that you know that really wasn't an issue. Yeah. And uh, and our never having known anything about adoption at all. And then we contacted uh, an adoption agency in Germantown, it's, and there used to be a lot of these. It was called the Tennessee Baptist Children's Home, mm-hmm. and they were uh, great offices, a great organization uh, that that helped in adoption. So we contacted them, and I asked them uh, in the initial conversation how long it would be before they, you know, if if we met all their criteria. How long would it be before we could get a child? And they said, uh, well, the average wait, (coughs) excuse me, is three to five years. And that shocked me. Yeah. You know, back then, and of course, you have to understand, I didn't know anything about any, any Mm -hmm. of what we do now. And I was shocked. I thought, well, surely there are children out there, and surely... Well, you know, we're not convicted felons. We're not even accused felons. So, you know, we, we pr- would probably make, you know, fairly good parents. And so I pressured the lady on the phone. And I said, uh, who turned out to be a great friend of the family and the ministry later on also. But I said, well, Kelly, why, why would it take that long? And she said something that shocked me then, still shocks me today. She said, well, Mr. Lambert, it's because of the issue of abortion. We don't have any children. We have very few babies to place for adoption. And I was astounded. Mm-hmm. Not long after that, within probably a month after that, Dr. James Dobson came out with the first video series that focused on the family ever had. And, and that was a, at one time, that was a humongous Christian ministry. Mm-hmm. And in that video series, he made a comment, and we saw it. It, it, it was an early simulcast. It was, you know, VHS, and, and you get the tapes. But that was that was first. It was as live as it could get. Right? That's it. That was as close <laughs> as it's going to get. So, and he made the comment that for every child in America that is aborted, there is a two-parent couple who qualify for adoption who will not get a child this year. Well, those kind of things just it just 
started eating away at my wife and I both. Mm -hmm. We thought, how can this be right? And we found out that it was all exactly true and is still true even today. So then we, we then started asking questions about the issue of abortion mm -hmm. and how that related to adoption and all those kind of things. And then in all of that, there was a realization that there was nothing here in Jackson that offered a young woman, a family, an option to abortion. There, there was no pregnancy ministry here. The closest one was Memphis or Nashville. And uh, so it, it's like, you know, sometimes you, you go to your wife and you, you want to ask this question or make this suggestion that you, something that you do as a family, you think, you know, this is really far-fetched. You know, and, and, and you're afraid to mention it. And so one day I thought, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to say this to her and, and, just, and just see what happens. You know? <laughs> yeah. It was so absurd. Mm -hmm. And uh, I said, Beverly, I, I said, do you, do you think that, that we could be a part of opening a pregnancy ministry here in Jackson that, that would help folks not to choose abortion? And her mouth fell open. And I thought, okay, here it comes. <laughs> she said, I don't know how to tell you this. But she said, but the Lord been, has been dealing with me in the same way. Mm -hmm. So we, we took a leap of faith. And, and we feel like that that leap of faith was the kind of faith that showed up in the Old Testament. It's not just something that you think you want to do, so I'm just going to guess that this is going to be okay thing. Mm -hmm. But those in the Old Testament that uh, practiced faith, God himself told them to do something very unusual first. Mm -hmm. Well, then they stepped out in faith. It's not like, you know, that God had not told them not to do it uh, or told, yeah, told them not to do it. So we were sitting there and just feel like the Lord really wanted us to do that. And, and none of it made sense. Mm -hmm. it, it really didn't because I've never been in ministry. Yeah. Never I never desired it. Uh, and, you know, we were just, you know, at that point, you know, simple folks, we're, we're happy, everything's fine. And uh, so we sold our businesses. And uh, I'll just, won't tell you how much, but let's just say 30 years ago, I make more money than I make today. And so I took uh, a job as a maintenance man at a local church mm -hmm. and went to $12,000 a year and that was all of our income. Mm -hmm. And uh, and then we started um, Birth Choice and promoted, or I approached our pastor at the time and I, I asked my pastor, I said, would you pray for us? Because he knew that's the only reason I took that job mm -hmm. is so we could devote more time to find out about pregnancy ministry. And one day I went in and said, Brother Bob, would you, would you pray with me? I feel like it's time that we started to establish a board of directors and, and try to get started. And in that time with my pastor, he said, well, if the church were to give you a house rent-free and pay all the bills, do you think you could start one there? Well, yeah, yeah, I think we could do that. So yeah. we operated under that church's uh, umbrella for many years, and, uh, and and it was a wonderful thing. And uh, probably about 
15, 17 years ago, we separated from that church uh, just so that more churches would be involved because if ever you know if all the churches think well that's a ministry of that church mm-hmm. even though they agree with what you're doing they're not going to be involved mm-hmm. so it went from there we established a board of directors and uh, started doing fundraising opportunities and and uh, raising additional funds and then over the years grew from mm-hmm. just a place that you know the doors open and 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 we got as much training as we as was available back then yeah. to do that and so uh it was uh, it was very crude uh, to start out with yeah. it was because there was there just weren't a lot of pregnancy ministries in the United States and so we we came from that point to where we are today uh, being uh being having two full-fledged medical clinics and uh-huh. doing STD testing, ultrasound, uh, counseling, and, and seeing, you know, over 700 girls a year Wow! in, in our Jackson and Trenton offices. So other than the, the size of the organization, what has been the biggest changes from those early days till today? Mm, legal issues, um, and uh, especially when it gets to uh, having a medical clinic when you're just you know when you have volunteers running a counseling service that's one thing mm-hmm. but when you become medical you know that's as you would just imagine so what what caused you to become a medical clinic we needed um, there were pregnancy ministries like us across the nation who had started offering ultrasound mm-hmm. as an extra step to show a woman that she it wasn't just an issue of she had a glob of cells, that that the baby was unformed, and a lot of folks were falling prey to um, information that well, it's not a baby, you know, it's not a baby. But with an ultrasound, right out of the gate when we converted over and started doing that, we had a ninety-eight percent turnaround rate. After a woman had come to us desiring abortion and then through counseling, many of those would change their mind when they realized they had support, that, that it, it wasn't the end of the world. Of those that, after counseling, still wanted and desired an abortion, then we offered ultrasound to them. 98% of those would change their mind. Uh, on abortion once they could see their baby, yeah. once they could see a heartbeat, once they could see that it was real. Mm-hmm. And so that was uh, a very expensive process. Yeah. Obviously to do that, it's a very expensive process to continue it after we got it started. But it's been the greatest thing that we ever added on, that we ever yeah. did, because it's it's proof, living proof, if you yeah. will, that there is a child. Yeah. And so... Um, do you have just one of those machines or like multiple of those? We have two. We have one in our Jackson office and, and one in Trenton. And, and hopefully this next year we'll have one that will be mobile that we can take around in a mobile unit. Wow. Hopefully okay. this next year. So so how did you guys start um, growing? Because it's not just you and your wife anymore. Right. Talk to us about adding people and what was that like? And Well, it was, it was one of those things where, you know, when you... When you start out anything you don't you you have you don't have any money mm-hmm. and so when we realized and several of us realized that 
you know, this is this is way more than we thought that it ever would be. And so we had to have office staff. Organizationally, we started having to put things together. So initially, even before I ever went to uh, on staff as paid, I was a volunteer director of the ministry for, what, 12 years, 12, 15 years, and didn't get paid anything. But we... Uh, our first hire was office manager, and we had two women that shared a part-time job, mm-hmm. and that's how we started out with that. And uh, we still talk about the day that we got our first computer, and and found out what it would do and wouldn't do. Yeah. And 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 from that, it just then we started going to pregnancy center conferences and meet with other folks, and you could see, okay. We can do that? Mm-hmm. Well, if we can do that, then we need to come back and, and, and figure out ways that we can raise the financial support to be able to accomplish this. And at every point in turn, it then just started growing, mm-hmm. uh, uh, you know, a, a little bit of the time. And, and not long after that, uh, we put on a development direct, uh, uh, director of development for fundraising, part-time, of course. And even still, after all these years, most of the folks that work with us really don't desire a full-time job. You know, they're 25, 30, 35 hours a week. They have support, uh, you know, from their husband's uh, income, insurance through their husband's work, and all those kind of things. So they're not interested, many are not interested in 40-hour-plus a week. So we... Now, still, I was the only full-time person for many years, and about three years ago, we added on another one, and uh, that's the uh, man that's in charge of our men's ministry and abstinence ministry and all that, and uh, and so he's 40 hours a week. Mm. So you opened a second location in Trenton. In Trenton. So why Trenton? Trenton, we, we were approached by the Gibson County Baptist Association. And knowing that they had uh, an issue there with unplanned pregnancies, not really much support, and for folks in the rural county of Gibson County, getting all the way to Jackson was, was an, an issue. Hour. Yeah, it is. And, uh, and and transportation in rural counties is different than it here's matter. If you don't right. own a vehicle, you're in exactly, yeah. and you, know, you have to wait, you know, for for somebody, you know, to. Well, so-and-so was supposed to come and get you and all that. But anyway, uh, we, you know, we, we, at that point, we would like to go there, but the logistics were huge in that we didn't have the money to purchase a house, pay rent, or anything like that. So the Gibson Baptist Association purchased us the house, gave it to us free to use, and uh, much the same way that, that we did here in Jackson. Mm-hmm. So by doing that then we were able to go in and set everything up, pursue volunteers through the churches that we could train as client advocates mm-hmm. and get them involved. And so, uh, and, and with both of those offices, each one of them have grown over the years that we've doubled the size of each one. And through supporters and mission groups and all those kind of things, the construction of doubling the size of those buildings were paid for and done mm. uh, by by Christians mm. in the areas of both, and and it was uh, 
it was a wondrous process to see that take place. How do you think being an entrepreneur for those years helped get you ready for this? Well, I guess probably the, the biggest way that it did uh, is that there were a whole set of mistakes that I made being self-employed. Uh-huh. That at least that list of mistakes I knew that I weren't supposed, I, I'm not supposed to make those again. I can make <laughs> different ones, but not those. Yeah. So, and in being in management and grocery stores for those many years, mm-hmm. um, handling employees and customers that, you know, that always helped. Yeah. And, uh, what's, um, you know, as you're, you're the CEO and the founder, you're looking ahead, I would imagine at the future of birth choice. What are, what are you seeing? What are you hoping for, uh, for the future? What I hope for and what our staff hopes for and our board of directors is, uh, is to add on a mobile ultrasound unit mm-hmm. this next year, which will be the largest undertaking of anything that we've ever done. A, a mobile unit that, that we will take to different counties in, in, in West Tennessee will still be way cheaper than a brick and mortar in each one of those counties. Mm-hmm. And then pursuing through the local churches, because the, the, the only prerequisite that we have for somebody to come and train to be a client advocate is that they be you know, a believer in Christ mm-hmm. because we're a Christian organization. Mm-hmm. Well, the only way you can do that is you get them through churches. You know, mm-hmm. That's about the only place you can get those kind of folks. So then you have, it takes a long time to pursue those relationships through churches, yeah. the ones that at least are gonna agree with what you're doing. And then, Get a, get a set of volunteers up to come each week to that brick-and-mortar location. Mm-hmm. With a mobile ultrasound unit, that is a, a unit that we can take to the most vulnerable counties, those that are not being served by birth choice, by uh, the closest other pregnancy ministry being Martin, uh, to the north, um, and uh, to the west would be Memphis, and then Camden, Paris, in, in that area down there, and then Corinth, Mississippi. So there's several counties that that was just on my mind that that they just weren't being served because it the the furthest that a woman will come to a pregnancy center is going to be thirty to thirty five minutes, thirty to thirty five miles, and that's it. Okay. On the other hand, they'll travel two to three hours to receive an abortion. So, uh, there, there are uh, Haywood County, Hardeman County, and Fayette County, namely, have, uh, are in the top 10 counties in the state of Tennessee uh, for the rate of abortion, mm-hmm. even though they're very rural. And they have to go to Nashville and Memphis to, to get an abortion. Their abortion rate is very high, mm-hmm. it's, uh, and, and it falls just after Madison County. And uh, so we really want to, for this next year, we're working towards purchasing a really nice mm-hmm. um, uh, Mercedes-Benz uh, conversion. It's, mm-hmm. not a, it's not a conversion RV. It's a medical uh, unit and, uh, and putting an ultrasound on there. Yeah. So what does something like that cost? Yeah. <laughs> Lots. Yeah. 155000 uh, for the purchase of the vehicle. Mm-hmm. It looks as though... The, uh, the Knights of Columbus several years ago did a fundraising thing for us and they purchased a, uh, an ultrasound machine for us. 
And that was great. Yeah. I mean, it's great. So they gonna, they want to be involved in this one. And minimally, they're going to they're gonna purchase the ultrasound machine, which is generally about $30,000. So with money-wise, the vehicle is at $155,000. Mm-hmm. The ultrasound is 30000 But the cost of staffing that with a nurse, and that'll yeah. have to be a paid, a paid nurse, uh, and we'll start out being on the road three days a week. Uh, but it's going to start out at $30,000 a year to, to just keep it operational mm-hmm. and, and could very quickly hit 40000 a year. So those are mm-hmm. those are some pretty big numbers. Yeah, and some of that's reoccurring. Yeah. So it, it's... Uh, but there again, uh, being a Christian ministry, our desire is to do what the Lord wants us to do. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, while there are things that we have to do and work hard to achieve those goals, mm-hmm. uh, we 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 trust the Lord is is really going to be there and, and make all that happen too. Mm-hmm. What are some ways that the community supports birth choice? That the way they currently support yeah. birth choice, generally uh, through our fundraising efforts, mm-hmm. and uh, also through our. Uh, material resources program that we call Esther. And Esther is is a program that we have for clients who want to come uh, to our parenting class, all of our parenting classes, and we have several that go on through a week. What happens with that, the more we, we learned years ago with our resources that we had, the folks that would give us clothes and, and baby furniture and diapers and that kind of thing, that we, we weren't uh, really helping anybody if we just gave away everything that our clients needed as long as we had it. We f- we learned early on that they feel much better about themselves if they can do things to earn uh, the right to be able to receive these. So what what we structured was mommy money. So the more... Um, Parenting classes they come to, mm-hmm. they receive mommy money. The more of their worksheets that they complete correctly, they get more mommy money. Okay. If they get their boyfriend to come in and talk to our men's director, they get more. Then they set up an appointment to come back by, and we have a large room where people have donated baby clothes, maternity clothes, baby furniture, and all those kind of things. And we have it set up in a little shopping area. And they can come and shop and go through that. Well, all those things we don't buy. Mm-hmm. Their you know, community helps. They uh, uh, they donate. Sometimes they just donate. Somebody comes by and, and donates money, or they just bring diapers and uh, baby food mm-hmm. and those kind of things. And we stock those and we pass those along as as long as they're available to us. And so community helps a lot in that way. Yeah. Uh, so if people are wanting to donate, yeah, what are things right now? Obviously, that mobile unit is a big impending oh, thing. It is. Um, what are other things that people can support on a you know regular basis? Uh, if they could be involved in in our fundraising events, mm-hmm. and that, that's not just uh, with them giving money, but there's ways that they can be involved in fundraising. Uh, we have different groups that, that come throughout the year that do maintenance issues for us and cleaning out flower beds and remulching and doing all those kind of things. We, we Obviously, we have two brick-and-mortar offices 
-hmm. Most women are not adept at electrical, plumbing, and construction work and all those kind of things. So I pitch in where I can, but uh, it's helpful too when we can have guys that have those type of abilities and qualifications that can take care of electrical and, and some plumbing issues for us. Uh, and just being on call. So can we call you when we need you? Mm-hmm. And so, you know, instead of just showing up one day, hey, is there anything we could do? Well, nothing's broken today, but two weeks later, you know, there it is. Could be tomorrow. There it is. So that, that's a way that, that they can help as well. Well, that's awesome. Well, Brent, thank you so much for uh, making the time to come over. And, thank you. And uh, thanks for um, really choosing to make Jackson home and yeah. helping to make it a better place. Oh, we, we, we love it here. And uh, finishing up on that adoption story, mm. then we started all of our conversation. We adopted two children, and uh, and one is is uh, uh, just went into uh, special forces with uh, uh, with the army, mm-hmm. and he was a, a policeman here for five or six years here in Jackson, and uh, that was our first adopted child, and our second one uh, came through the Tennessee Baptist Children's Home mm-hmm. ultimately, and uh, and she works uh, here in town, married, and then we had to. So oh, wow. naturally. Yeah. So we, we wound up with four and and uh, wonderful kids and, and now have uh, three grandchildren and get to go get to go see those in two or three weeks. Today's podcast was hosted by Kevin Adelsberger. Our intro music was performed by Aaron Harden. It was rec- recorded live at the Co. To find out more about the Co, visit their website at www.attheco.com. To find out more about our Jackson home and to read more about how amazing Jackson is, visit rjacksonhome.com.